Hey, everybody. Happy Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday. I don't know when you're listening to this. We've been publishing a lot of content here at Lions of Liberty, so maybe you're behind. Hopefully you're not. But if you are, we still love you. Just wanted to talk to you for a real quick minute here and uh, let you guys know about some of the cool we're doing with our friend Gret Glier over at Donor C. Uh, Gret has an awesome, awesome platform for helping people, especially in very poor countries. And we're partnering with Gret. We are uh, donating 10% of our Lions of Liberty Pride contributions um, to his uh, coronavirus efforts. And he is targeting um, helping people in the poorest parts of the uh, of the world to get, you know, even simple things like hand sanitizer and cleaning supplies and uh, being able to help them out through this very tough time. Um, you know, coronavirus is tough enough on us uh, in the first world here, as they say, uh, just navigating uh, through it and learning the new normal. In poorer countries, it is much, much worse. And if we can just do a little bit to help, um, it'll go a long way. And of course, with Donor C, you get to see uh, the impact that your donations have. You can follow it along and get updated videos. So check out more on this initiative at DonorC.com slash coronavirus. And you can join the Lions of Liberty Pride uh, by going to Patreon.com dot com slash lines of liberty and check out everything we offer there with the bonus content and perks and merchandise and all that good stuff let's get to the show welcome to felony friday a presentation of the lions of liberty podcast here is your host john odermatt Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, guys. And this week's show, got a great one lined up for you, got a solo show. Uh, You know, I just was thinking, I wanted to talk directly to the, uh, the great Felony Friday audience. I wanted to talk to our great fans and uh, patrons here at Lions of Liberty. Uh, you know, you guys are the reason why we do what we do. And in this uh, most uh, weird and strange and difficult and trying time for so many people, I just wanted to talk directly to you guys. I didn't feel that in an interview was right this week. So you've been hearing a lot of interviews from uh, from the Lions of Liberty. We've been publishing a, a lot of content Outside of our regular weekly three shows per week, Mark has been going absolutely insane, interviewing people, doing live streams. I did the extra uh, debate with uh, with Mark Whitney and Dan Bierman, which uh, was live streamed last week, and then I think it published in our feed on Tuesday, so you can check that out. And you know, if you're not subscribed to the Lions of Liberty podcast feed, please do that. You get all this stuff. You get our three weekly shows plus everything else we're doing right now. And uh, yeah, so please subscribe. If you like it, give us a five-star rating. Uh, Leave us a uh, nice little review. Would be appreciated. So today's show, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about coronavirus because how can I not? That's going to be a lot of the show. Um, But before I do that, I just want to talk about the quarantine, the situation that everyone's living in right now. And 
you know, I know a lot of people are, are out of work, um, you know, losing, losing their income, losing your main source of income. Uh, maybe, you know, your business being shut down. It's a, it's a crappy situation. It's a difficult situation. And it's even more difficult because <clears throat> there's no light at the end of the tunnel. We don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when the government's going to let us come out of our houses. <laughs> we don't know when the government's going to let us do business as uh, as free people and make voluntary transactions. So, you know, it, it's a little bit disconcerting because it's hard to imagine what's going to happen. Um, I can promise you we will come out of this in some way, form or fashion. Things will be different. They probably won't be that much different, but I'm sure that human behaviors will have changed. And uh, with that comes comes a lot of opportunity. Uh, just a couple of things off the top of my head that you know that I can picture changing. Uh, a lot less less people are going to fly. There's going to be less flights. People aren't going to want to be cooped on a plane uh, together, full of uh, you know a hundred other people and germs mixing up. This is going to probably change the way people look at that. Plus, there won't be as much need to fly because people like myself who've been working from home for the past three weeks and however many more, three, whatever weeks are, are left in this uh, in this experience, quarantine experience we're all going through, um, these corporations are going to realize, why am I paying, you know, Johnny CEO to fly around the country or, you know, Johnny director, Johnny manager, whoever to uh, travel around the country when he's, uh, for the past six weeks, he's been sitting at home and uh, productivity's the same. Everything everything that was happening before is happening now. In fact, it might be a little better. Honestly, I think the work coming out of my group, uh, the group that I work with, uh, you know, we've been keeping in close contact with, with my corporate job. We talk every, not every day, every, uh, every weekday. And honestly, I feel like we're working together better than ever right now, working from home. And personally, myself, working from home, I feel like I am functioning at the highest level I've ever functioned before. Uh, being able to roll out of bed, uh, you know, I have my morning routine that I go through. I, you know, read the Bible. I get my breakfast, make my coffee. Uh, sometimes I'll do a morning run. Sometimes I'll do my my workout at lunchtime. Get that stuff out of the way. I plan out my entire day, everything I got, I got to do for my corporate job. I uh, at the end of that. I plan out what I need to do for the podcast, what I need, I need to do for my side hustles, and uh, it's it's been amazing. Plus, I can mix in at lunch if I want to, uh, you know, go outside and play some soccer with my daughter. I, I can do that. So it's been a, a, an eye-opening experience for me being able to uh, to work from home. I know that I am very lucky to even be getting paid right now and to uh, and to have a job because a lot of people are struggling. And uh, also, aside from having the uh, <clears throat> the corporate job that I do have, I am lucky that I was uh, yeah, I'm s- smart enough to. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I just understand that you know my job's not always going to be there, and when you have a an income that is based on trading your fun- your time for dollars, um, it has an expiration date on it. That expiration date might be when you retire. Um, that expiration date might be next week when you get laid off, but it has an expiration date and you're not going to be able to trade that time for dollars forever. So um, thinking of that and thinking ahead and trying to free myself from being locked into that situation, I do have multiple other streams of income 
which make this uh, a little less stressful for me. I have my people who follow me on Facebook know that I have my land investing business. I have my uh, my Plexus supplement business, uh, gut health, all that good stuff. Also, uh, also we have the podcast here at Lines of Liberty. We don't take any money from it, but uh, the goal is eventually here that this will be a uh, a residual income base where we're getting paid on ads and, and things of that nature, and it won't be strictly you know time based. You're not; it's not dollar for dollar. I'm not clocking in, clocking out, getting paid. So that's uh, that's the goal for those other companies in the works. Uh, stay tuned, but. Uh, that's uh, that's the way I think. That's another thing that's going to change is more people are going to be much, much more open and accepting to looking to make income in different ways where they're not strictly trading time for dollars. I will also say that uh, it's opened up my eyes to a whole world of being social, being social using Zoom or uh, you know different video conferencing software past couple of weeks uh, have played uh, Zoom Flip Cup, have played Zoom Beer Pong with, uh, with our own Brian McWilliams and, uh, and uh, Rico, the elusive legal counsel of the Lions of Liberty, Rico. And I'm laughing because of oh, Brian hears us. He's going to be so upset because he gets so mad because we've played twice now and we'll play again this Saturday. And you can actually tune in and watch us play by going uh, in the Lions of Liberty Pride. We stream it in our private Facebook group. You can join the pride by going to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. And uh, Brian has been getting beat. Um, and he doesn't take losing a beer, a beer pong very well. And last week was especially bad. He lost the little round robin tournament we did. Rico won it. And then they wanted to play again, put a little, little, little bit more on the line, and, and Rico just whooped him. So uh, Brian was <clears throat> was not too happy. But it makes, makes me laugh when Brian's mad. So, you know, guys, I mean, the bottom line here is I'm going to talk about a lot of, you know, things that are just going to make you irate, things that are going to make you, frankly, pissed off. They're going to make you question the future, what it's going to be like. Um, And that's it's important to talk about these things because there's a shitload of injustice happening out there right now. And there's a lot of things that are out of our control. And that's hard. That's, that's hard to deal with, but it's important to talk about it, important to get it out there for the masses to hear it. So that's why I want to go through this list. But at the same time, I wanted to start out talking to you guys at the beginning here, the beginning of this show, um, because, you know, this isn't the end. Life's going to go on, guys, and uh, we will recover from this. Um, we're not going to tolerate living in a society where we are uh, confined to our houses, so I know I'm not going to tolerate it, and I know that uh, many of you listening out there won't either. So with that being said, let's get into some of the things I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to start a little bit of a, well, it's not really a lighter note, but it's it's not a coronavirus note. Uh, you know, uh, of, of course, Tiger King, the the, uh, the crazy Netflix, uh, you know, docuseries that is just dominating social media, dominating conversations everywhere, dominating uh, dinner table conversations. And the nemesis in that doc- documentary, docuseries, and if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. I'm good. Spoiler coming. Spoilers coming right now, okay? Um, skip ahead three minutes. Spoilers coming right now. If you haven't watched Tiger King and you're going to watch it, stop this. Pull that little dot on your phone to move the time three minutes 
Promise I'll be done by then. You might miss a little bit of something else, but whatever. Okay, starting now. Um, Tiger King, Carol Baskins. First of all, screw Carol Baskins. She murdered her husband. I don't believe her. She just, the way that she talked about it, she gave every telltale sign, every bit of body language, the the laughter she had while talking about it, the look on her face while talking about her husband who disappeared. Um, I didn't believe a word out of her mouth. I absolutely believe that she murdered her husband. But I think it's hilarious that this docuseries has caused her to come out and she is actually denied murdering her second husband and mincing him and feeding him to uh, to her tigers. Because, of course, the main character in the Netflix series, Joe Exotic, who's now... I told you the spoilers, so spoilers are continuing. Who's in prison now? And uh, yeah, Joe Exotic, who uh, ran, for, uh, ran for president and governor under the uh, libertarian banner, uh, the uh, <laughs> gay polygamous meth head who is... Stolen the hearts of America. That Joe Exotic made a music video. Um, this is back years ago. Made a music video of had a character in it and made a, a song about Carol feeding her dead husband to her tigers. And it is uh, the docu series is, is worth it just to watch for that. But you know, I'm not even going to watch Carol Baskin's denial because <clears throat> I don't believe a word out of her mouth. Let me get a, a drink of my uh, truly here. It's a new flavor, uh, truly, um, lemonade, hard cider. It's, uh, it's a little bit sweet, which I don't know how it gets so sweet because there's no sugar in it, which makes me wonder what else is in there. Um, I'm just going to assume it's good for me. It's probably not. Anyway, let's keep on cracking through, talking about some more stories. I've got a couple more I want to get through before we get into the coronavirus stuff. So... Let's go to, out to Seattle. Of course, Washington State, you know, that is one of the epicenters for coronavirus, although they've done a much better job controlling it than they have in maybe New York, Michigan, New Jersey, states like that, because they got out on a quick start on, you know, letting people know, you know, you can't be gathering in big crowds. Not to say I agree with governors coming out and making it illegal to do that, but I am one of the libertarians who believes this is a real virus. And uh, people are actually dying. And I actually understand that the reason for, you know, the social distancing and not gathering in large groups um, is not because, you know, it's it, it, ha- it hasn't killed as many people as the flu. It's because the amount of people who will be hospitalized um, based on stats, statistics that we have right now in the country and hospitalization rates is like 10 or maybe... 20 times higher than the flu. And on top of that, if people hospitalized for the flu are typically hospitalized for two, maybe maybe four days at the most, you're talking with uh, coronavirus, the ones who are hospitalized, the ones who go in the ICU, um, or even not ICU, just hospitalized, are in there for at least a week, two weeks, even more. So taking up that hospital bed, plus it's all happening at the same time, a new virus running through the population, um, needs to be slowed down with uh, social distancing, should have been masks. It's a shame the CDC has lied to us uh, for these many months about masks not being useful because I honestly think we would not be in the position we are today if the CDC did not lie to us. But I will not go down that road on today's show. I might. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So Seattle. I forgot what I was talking about. 
Seattle, the Seattle Police Chief, Police Chief Carmen Best. So they have the COVID epidemic happening out there, and she says this. Hate crimes have no place in our community. We are all trying to deal with the COVID-19 public health crisis together. But if you are a victim of a hate crime or a hate-based harassment, please call 911. We will document and investigate every reported hate crime. Even racist name-calling should be reported to police. If you aren't sure if a hate crime occurred, call 911. We are here to help. So, number one, disclaimer, I'm not in favor of racism, of people calling each other racist names. I'm not in favor of hate. I'm not in favor of any of that, okay? I'll tell you what I am in favor of. I'm in favor of individual rights. Um, I'm in favor of uh, the police not locking people in cages who have not committed a nonviolent crime, and calling someone a name is not a violent crime. So this is absolutely absurd and ridiculous and a waste of time. Um, At a time like this when police could actually be helping people, my God, helping people at a time like this. Can you even imagine that if police were doing, uh, you know, legitimate Welfare checks, not the kind where they're shooting people through the window. Legitimate welfare checks or, you know, just being there for people. You know, maybe maybe helping with running groceries, things like that. Helping out in the community. What police should be doing, right? If that was going on, you know, then, then maybe they wouldn't need to be distracted with this, with this just ridiculous hate crime policing. And at the end of it, if you aren't sure... You know, if, if you hear something, call 911, basically. If you if you heard something and maybe you heard it like secondhand, thirdhand, you know, just call police. Just your neighbor, you, they yelled hello to you and you couldn't tell what the second word was. Just call the police. Have them arrested. The SWAT team will come in and take care of them. Don't worry about it. It's not your problem. Let the police just kill them. Ah, oh, God, what a world we live in. Switching to a little bit more lighthearted story here, not to the COVID stuff yet, Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, everyone's favorite liberal Supreme Court justice. I kid, I kid. Nobody likes her. Well, no one who's not an extreme leftist likes her. But I will say this, okay? The story is Ruth Bader Ginsburg is still working out in the Supreme Court private gym. And she's working out with her trainer, and uh, they've defended this saying, no one else is using the gym you know, she's uh, in, she's has her own space there. You know, they wipe down all the equipment. The trainer's not training anybody else, blah, blah, blah. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should not have any more rights that I don't have. If I can't go to my gym, she shouldn't be able to go to her gym. I don't know. Equality under the law, right? I'm arrested if I try to go to my gym, which is closed. It's been closed by the, uh, by the governor of Pennsylvania from edict from above the king of Pennsylvania. But, you know, so she's going there anyway. And I was like, okay, they have this video. I'll link to it on the show notes page, which you can find at lionsofliberty.com. What episode is this? This is episode number 222. So lionsofliberty.com FF222. You can find all the links I'm going to talk about there, but you also find this Ruth Bader Ginsburg video on the link titled Ruth Bader Ginsburg continues to work out at Supreme Court private gym. And uh, 
I clicked on the video thinking, you know, this is going to be, I'm going to feel bad for her. It's going to be terrible to watch. You know, she's 87 years old. I think the videos from like two years ago. This is going to be terrible. Like, but you know what? I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll, and I got to be honest with you. She's in good shape. Um, for eight, for 85, I guess when this was shot, damn, you know, she's, a. Uh, it's not like she's like ripped and like doing jumping jacks and jumping around, but she's doing, uh, you know, the, the, the lean against the wall with the, uh, with, with the ball behind you with, uh, doing dumbbell curls. She's st- standing up with, uh, with an exercise weighted exercise ball and throwing it to the trainer. And of course her neck's hanging down a little bit, but my God, 85 years old doing that stuff. I don't know many people at 85 who can do that. So good for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, especially since she's had like pancreatic cancer for like 15 years, which I'm pretty sure that's never happened before. So she might be a cyborg, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I was, I was impressed by it. Um, so let's talk about some coronavirus. Yay. Coronavirus. Nope. No one ever said that ever. Another drink. All right. So of course, what happens when you lock people in their home with the people that they are married to or in a relationship with, with children, with their uh, their wife, their husband, blah, blah, blah. Um, what happens when uh, when you do that? Well, a couple of things could happen. Um, people could grow closer, you know, could really the, the flames of a relationship, those sparks could come back. And, uh, you know, maybe some people are saved you know, from getting divorced. I'm sure that's happening. You know, uh, people are getting to spend more time with their kids, like I was saying, you know, playing out in the yard, playing sports in the yard with their mom and dad. <clears throat> Normally, don't get to do that. It's been cool. I've been going for for runs, you know, three, four times a week outside. I've never seen so many people outside in their yards, you know, kids playing, mom and dad out there fooling around. It's, it's cool to see that. It's awesome. But the flip side of that is you have a bunch of people who are in very, very dangerous, abusive relationships. And uh, they are basically in prison with their, uh, with their abuser. And it's, it's some scary shit. And I've talked to people who are in, uh, you know, social services who are, you know, looking, uh, dealing with those cases. And they say, they say it's, they've just, it's just, that's, it's inundating. It's everywhere. Um, It's overwhelming. So, um, I have an article that I linked on the show notes page. Domestic abuse calls have soared uh, nationwide, and you know I think everybody can everybody you know knows why you know what's happening. There was a, some stat which I don't know if I believe that out out of Sacramento, uh, this lady was saying that you know right now one out of five um, women are being abused, which doesn't make any sense. But maybe I, maybe I read that wrong. I don't know. Hopefully I did. I don't think I did though. But uh, it's it's just. It's not good. And uh, this is why you don't have government edicts locking people in their freaking home. Because you know what? People are individuals that can make their own damn choices. You know what? We have a little thing in this country called freedom, a little thing called liberty. And guess what? It comes at a price. And if that price is people wanting to get out of their house and you know, maybe some of them spread around a little COVID, I don't want it to happen. But I'd rather that happen than them get killed by their uh, by their abuser, which happened in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, a guy got upset, lost his job, and uh, shot his girlfriend. And she survived, 
Um, he it was a it was a attempted murder suicide. He is dead. So this was in Pennsylvania this past week, I believe. He lost his job, and uh, yes, the the girlfriend survived with non life threatening injuries. It says uh, Wilson Burrow, Pennsylvania. Not sure where that is. So the story is that the woman um, and witnesses have told police uh, that the man came out. Uh, of the house, and he'd become incre- he'd become increasingly upset over the COVID nineteen pan- pandemic, and he'd lost his job, like I said, and uh, he went in the basement, came outside to the rear porch with the victim, and he's holding a handgun, hand handgun, and uh, he says, "I already talked to God, and I have to do this." And uh, his his uh, uh, wife tried to tried to run away, or his, his girlfriend tried to run away, <clears throat> shot her four times. Sh- Shot at her four times. I don't know if he. Uh, I think you know, he stri- hit her with one bullet. So, thank God he missed three other times, and then he shot himself, and uh, he is deceased. So this this is serious shit, and this is something that uh, you know I've heard people. I don't want to say no one's talking about it because I've heard you know people talk about it. Obviously, there's articles written when stuff like this happens, but it's definitely very much overlooked in the the, the greater COVID uh, COVID madness. How many people are essentially prisons uh, in their own home right now and being abused by, uh, by somebody very close to them. So my prayers go out to them for, uh, for that situation. So I, I don't know. I really don't know what else to say. Um, if you are in a situation like that, please reach out to somebody who you trust. Um, reach out to you know, reach out to some family, reach out to some friends, think about, really put some thought into uh, how you can escape that situation. Because um, it's, if there's any time to get out of that, it's, it's, it's right now. And, uh, you know, if it, if you risk getting arrested and going to jail for breaking a, uh, breaking an order, um, I mean, you got to make that decision yourself, but I got to tell you, if I was in some sort of situation like that, I would, I would take that risk, but that's, everyone's got to make that decision on their own. So I do want to talk about what's going on also in the prison system, because, you know, when this coronavirus first started spreading, um, almost immediately the prison system threw their hands up and said, well, we're screwed. It's going to get in here and just run through the system. And, And it will. Because the, the prison system is a disgusting, gross place where diseases run rampant because nothing's ever cleaned. Um, the guards are abusive. And I mean, keeping social distancing in, in a prison is it's not, it's a joke. There's no possibility. And there was, you know, I know, like, was that two weeks ago, Harvey Weinstein uh, was, a, I guess he finally went into prison, like he had a heart attack or something. And then, he finally goes into prison, and when he gets in there, he's like, oh, by the way, I have the coronavirus, which is just ridiculous. Um, so they isolated him. But he probably, I mean, they didn't know how to, I'm sure they don't know how to deal with it. They don't have the proper PPE or face masks or gloves, or I'm sure they didn't know what the hell they were doing. So for all we know, Harvey Weinstein could have started this uh, federal prison uh, COVID spread that's going on. How ridiculous would that be? And I've heard nothing about his health. Because he was in horrible health going in. Like I said, he had that heart attack. He's had like nervous breakdowns. He looks like he's about to die. And then he gets the COVID. I don't know. I'm surprised I haven't heard that he's dead. And if I did hear that he was dead, I probably would not believe it. So I'm going to go on record right now and say that um, COVID did not kill Harvey Weinstein. 
and Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. So I, I do a couple more notes on, on the prison system. Attorney General William Barr, uh, he's ordered, this was last week, ordered a re- review of the prison population to look for inmates, listen to this, to look for inmates who could be sent home to be on home confinement without jeopardizing public safety. So what he's looking at is people who have served a majority of their sentence. These people might have other health issues. They could be elderly. They could be older. And because of this COVID situation, he's saying, let's send them home now um, to risk, you know, them being a possible another person that could that could spread this uh, spread this illness. Think about that for a minute. So you're okay to send them home now because of COVID, but they pose no threat to society. Why are they still in prison? Why? There's no good reason for them to still be in prison. <laughs> they should have been let go years ago. I mean, you're talking about nonviolent people who, you know, maybe some of them are, you know, fraud crimes, different crimes like that. Um, sure, a lot of them are drug crimes where there's no victim at all. So do they have a debt to pay? Well, if they did have a debt to pay, they could pay that a hell of a lot faster if they were out in the real world. They can make some money. Maybe not during these times, but these times will come to pass. So, I mean, bottom line, and, and the same thing is happening, you know, in county prisons and state prisons across the country. I keep seeing the same thing um, with you know, governors saying, local politicians saying, we need to let the prisoners go who are not a risk to public safety. You should have let them go. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be in prison. Why are they in prison? What's the point of them being there? It's just because they had some ridiculous sentence that comes out of these absurd sentencing guidelines that make no freaking sense. Oh, God, it's so frustrating. Uh, also, another story coming out of uh, coming out of New York, uh, coming out of the prison system. So Rikers Island prisoners are being offered PPE, personal protective equipment, and six bucket, six bucks an hour to dig mass graves. Now, I just want to say probably calling it mass graves could be a little bit hyperbolic, but uh, maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in New York City? That place is a disaster right now. So, and by the way, I know a lot of people who live in New York City normally and have uh, are living outside of the city now. They've you know escaped. A lot of people went to New Jersey. Um, you know, some people that have come back to Pittsburgh, you know, the famous Dave Smith from part of the problem, he's huddled up somewhere in, uh, I don't know, I think he's at his, uh, in-laws house or something. <clears throat> so hopefully everybody who could get out of New York did. I know we have, uh, we have some, we have a pride, pride supporter, Carl, who's, uh, holding it down in New York city. So we get our, get our updates from him on what's going on in the city. But, uh, this story's, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, Normally, I'm I'm a, totally against this sort of prison labor because the pay is like ten cents an hour, and it's just well, it's slavery essentially. But they're saying six bucks an hour, and six bucks an hour for digging a grave. I don't know. That's that sounds about right. It might be a little bit high. I don't know if they're gonna do it voluntarily. I don't have a major issue with it. Um, I, I guess the the issue that I do have is the is mixed signals on, on what's going on here. You know, are they just doing what they would normally do? And the media is jumping on this as some sort of 
you know, uh, conspiracy thing that the numbers of dead from COVID in New York are going to be much higher. I don't know. It's, I think it's worth uh, getting this story out there that, that it's happening. And uh, it's good for the prisoners to get outside, get some fresh air, and uh, get some exercise, and not be inside a prison where if they're inside that prison, they're probably much more likely to get COVID because I'm sure it's just gonna, it's going to make us, it's going to destroy prisons. I mean, I don't. It's 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 terrible. What's what's uh, what's likely going to happen in our in our prison system with COVID? But you know what? It's going to get some people free. So that's that's good, right? Got to look at the bright side. All right. Um, what else to talk about? I got a cup. Actually, I did have another COVID story I wanted to hit on. I'm going to click over. Didn't have it in my notes, but I just remembered. Let me get another sip here of my beverage. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so this is out of Douglas County, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. What happened here is a uh, a man threatened to lynch and slit the throat of the Douglas County Health Director. So, you know, this kind of comes back to and I, I do want to talk about there definitely is a very big risk of civil unrest coming from this. And I'll, I'll get into that after, after this, but so, so this story coming out of Douglas County. Um, so the, the health director, uh, Dr. Addie poor, I think I'm saying that right. Um, you know, she's coming out with uh, these recommendations. Same thing that everyone, everyone around the country is saying, basically, you know, don't leave your house, uh, close everything. And uh, there should be no, you know, business transactions outside of uh, buying toilet paper. Um, so what happened was this guy uh, Ronald Penskowski, yeah, good, uh, good Polish name, Ronald Penskowski, Penskowski, sent a bunch of uh, of messages, and really, honestly, I'll, I'll read. This is the one they they put on in the article, and it's not bad really until the very end. Um, but I guess after this, he sent some really threatening stuff, threatening to slit her throat and, and all that stuff and lynching her. So it, it got worse. It got worse. But the first one, I don't know. Tell me what you think. This is uh, Ron Penzikowski. So it seems like you finally found some value in your worthless life. But the power has gone to your head and you're issuing orders like a dictator. Back off this ridiculous order to shut down the city. Stop the bullshit health reports that would make you think that people will be dropping dead on every street corner. Let things get back to the way they ought to be, or there will be a revolt. The economic chaos you're creating isn't justified. There are lynchings. There there was a lynching outside the Douglas County Courthouse a century century and one year ago. You're next, bitch. So, you know, the last sentence, that, that probably raised a red flag. Then he went on, like I said, to make some pretty pretty serious threats. So what's happened here is he's been charged. Um, I think he's just charged with uh, terroristic threats. Yep, charged with uh, making terroristic threats and stalking. So my point from this and what I want to get into talking about next is um, the risk of civil unrest. And... It has the the sort of the same roots and 
you know, what is setting off the setting people off the off the ledge like the man in Pennsylvania? Although that guy's probably mentally ill already and was bound to do something like that, regardless of uh, of COVID. But what you've kind of had happen, and if you look to, um, you know, cities like even what's happened like out in uh, out in California, Beverly Hills. You know, I've seen some some pictures of uh, Rodeo Drive where you have all the all the businesses there boarded up. You look at the magnificent mall in Chicago. I've seen tweets come out where uh, you know everything's boarded up. All the fancy stores have boards up. And what? So why would you do that? Why why would you board up your stores um, if no? You know everyone's supposed to be in their homes. You could just lock the door, right? So people understand what the uh, what the risk is and. My thoughts on this, so we've been, what, locked down for, I know I've been working from home. This is week three for me, some more, some less. But uh, I think, my personal view of this, the average person, and it's, you know, it's different based on if you're getting paid or not. You know, some people might be reaching their breaking point soon. Um, I think the, the average is about six weeks. You could tolerate this for six weeks, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I could see people, uh, you know, maybe if, you know, they come out and there's, you know, some actual, uh, good information, believable, credible information that comes out, you know, after six weeks or right before the end of six weeks. And they say, listen, you know, these are the stats, everything's dropping down. And, uh, if we just go another week here, it's going to make a big difference and it's going to prevent it from, you know, spiking up again, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I, w- I would have to. Total hypothetical. I'm not saying I believe that'd be the case at all. Just freaking talking. Anyway, bottom line, I think six weeks is about the breaking point. So there's got to be, I mean, there's got to be something done with the economy starting to come back in three to four weeks from now. There has to be. This this can't go on like this. And if it does, people are going to start looting. People are going to start getting violent. And I'm not saying that I would. I'm not. I'm not condoning it. I don't think people should right now. I think it's a dumb idea. I think it's a, it's a recipe to get yourself shot by police right now or the National Guard because now the National Guard is apparently uh, going to be patrolling, which uh, I'll be talking about next. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. And if when I look into my crystal ball and I imagine the future here, the only way I can see this going, um, I know President Trump has, has said, uh, you know, you'll be hearing this on Friday, I think he said on Thursday, that, or sorry, he didn't say it. They're they're crafting a statement that he's going to come out and say, which he'll probably say it on Friday, that they're going to recommend at least wearing some sort of mask, even just a bandana over your uh, over your mouth to uh, to help to stop the spread, which logically makes perfect freaking sense, and it's incredible that it's you know that the CDC is going to get away with ridiculous recommendations saying that wearing masks do nothing at all, do nothing at all to prevent the spread. But when you look at the the graph of, uh, you know, cases of countries across the world, the ones with the, the, you know, the little line that goes up and then levels off on the, you know, the far right side of the chart, the ones that have the least impact from COVID, all the cultures that use masks, Japan, South Korea, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's really stunning when, when when you look at it, and all the other countries that aren't wearing masks are just getting crushed. And the reason why is because this um, this illness is spread primarily 
by people who are asymptomatic, which they're saying could be as many as 25% of people who uh, come in contact with it and, and contract it, or pre-symptomatic, because you can be without symptoms for like a minimum of two days, but you could be without symptoms for 10 days with this uh, with this illness. So everybody should be wearing a mask when you go out in public. I'm not saying we do this forever, but but right now, and that would be a way to get us back to work. You know, we could start a week from now, two weeks from now, in phases. I'm not saying everybody should should run back out there, but get the people back out there who need to make money. You know, let them do something. Let them work. And, uh, I mean, just put a... If you can't, I mean, there's, I know there's a mask shortage, but people are making masks out of cloth and fabric, and you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about you know, those aren't even effective at all. I'll tell you what, you're full of shit if you think that covering your mouth with, with anything, I mean, just putting a, holding a T-shirt up over your mouth is going to be more effective than not having a mask. I mean, a child understands that. That's just it's, it's insane that uh, the CDC has lied to us so badly, and they will get away with it. They'll get away with it. You know what's going to happen? Tell you what's going to happen. The Democrats will come out and they'll say, oh, Donald Trump, he mismanaged this and he put these people in charge of the CDC and the FDA and um, these different positions. It's his fault. And, you know, if it was Joe Biden, he would have selected fucking some other guy and it would have been so much better and life would be great and it would have been like Ebola and never would have come here. It would have been exactly the same. Exactly the freaking same but probably worse because Joe Biden cannot even talk on camera for more than two minutes. Um, so <laughs> can you imagine if Joe Biden was uh, the leader, the president of the United States right now, the chaos that would be going on? It would be a freaking disaster. My God. And that's not to say I agree with what Trump's doing. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. And the CDC and the FDA, let's start there. Then we can, uh, we can talk about other stuff. All right. Speaking of Donald Trump, of course, you know, the uh, back Russiagate. Remember that stuff? Seems like it seems like a different lifetime when you think about Russiagate and Trump being impeached, which is like three months ago, the impeachment. It feels like three years ago. So it's come out recently that, uh, you know, there's a uh, there was an investigation going on. Justice Department Inspector General uh, Michael Horowitz. Uh, was leading an inquiry looking at um, looking at the the number of errors in applications, specifically around the FISA surveillance process, and they looked into just the the, the RussiaGate stuff. And I, I, I'll read di- directly from it here. Um, After an earlier inquiry found numerous errors in applications to monitor former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page. In a bid to assess whether the faults in Page's surveillance process were an aberration or a chronic problem, Horowitz's audit team zeroed in in 29 other applications for surveillance of the of U.S. citizens or green card holders over a five-year period. So this is spanning both administrations. Horowitz found an average of 20 errors, 20 errors in each of the applications. These are applications that are rubber stamp, rubber stamp, rubber stamp, rubber stamp. 20 errors in each of the applications. So what this has come to, to really show is not that there was an intentional, um, where there might have been, it really doesn't prove it, but it more so the whole body of work, all of these errors, 29 applications, um, it doesn't really prove that there was intent to uh, to target Trump, but it does prove that the FBI is incompetent and to have the, to think that these people should be the ones that are enforcing the law and are 
doing these investigations and are holier than thou is just absurd. It's it's a joke. It's freaking laughable. And it, I mean, the shame of it is with all the COVID stuff that this stuff just nobody will even hear about it. But basically, it dis- discredits the entire uh, RussiaGate. Discredits all that crap. It's, I'm so so freaking over. So over all of it. I'm over all of it, man. I don't know. I'm ready for a libertarian president. That's not going to happen. You know why? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. It's because libertarians are not good at politics. But more so, why there's zero chance this year is because there probably won't be a libertarian convention. Or there might be. Say we get a candidate nominated somehow, maybe online. uh, Maybe uh, push the convention back, hold it in July or something like that. Um, If you do that... You don't have time to petition. You're going to be on the ballot in like 35 states, maybe maybe less than that. So, you know, and it's it's ridiculous because you're going to have a campaign this year with Donald Trump who has mismanaged the hell out of this crisis. You're going to have some of his supporters that hate him. Um, but at the same time, he's going up against Joe Biden. Joe Biden is so obviously incompetent and senile, he can't even put a coherent string of words together. It's perfect opportunity for a libertarian to step in. Any libertarian that, well, not any libertarian that we have, but a handful of libertarians that we have could step in and be a credible candidate. Um, and if they could get some attention, which we do have some candidates that could get attention, ones that actually want to be president, I'm not saying they could win, but my God, you could get a lot of media attention. You could get a lot of new people to the libertarian party and you could, you could break I don't know. I don't. I don't want to put percentages out there this early. There's too much uncertainty. But you could do better than Gary Johnson did. I'll say that. But uh, it's it's not going to happen, unfortunately. It's the situation we're in. It's the world we're in today, guys. So, you know, in in closing, I think that's all I have. I feel like I skipped. Did I skip any articles? I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I skipped one big thing. Okay. Never mind. I'm not done. Don't turn it off yet. So I did want to talk about lockdowns in general and uh, just how crazy how crazy it is. And I know I've talked about it a little bit, but just to focus on it for a minute. So one specific story in New Jersey, there was an engagement party going on, 10 people gathering and six children, inside outside party, 99-year-old man there, and uh, probably a family party. I don't think they said it wasn't. I'm assuming it was just a family engagement party and the police come in and break it up. And you know, the, the ocean County prosecutor comes out and says, blah, blah, blah. This is, there were six children there and 10 adults. And these people are jeopardizing the health and safety of everyone in the community. And you know what? They might be, I would be more concerned, you know, just from a uh, compassion standpoint, yeah, obviously they probably, uh, this is a relative, this 99-year-old guy that was there. They shouldn't have let him be there. They should have said, hey, buddy, you know, you can just, we'll, we'll zoom you in. We'll set up a computer in front of you. We'll put up an iPad in front of you. You can watch the party. We'll walk around with an iPad that everybody can talk to you. The, you know, the the new newly engaged couple, they can talk to you and you can see them. But guess what? Probably not good for you to be there because you're a better chance of you dying if you come. Because there's a fair chance that one of the people here is either asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic and is carrying around some COVID. 
So you probably shouldn't come, 99-year-old great-grandpa. So that's the unfortunate part. And that's the, I mean, that's the human aspect of it that I would hope in a libertarian society, you know, people would point it out to each other and we would be, you know, not rash and stupid about it. Um, but and, and it's and it's such a shame to see the way so many libertarians have reacted to this crisis. Um, because instead of highlighting ways that this would be different in a more free society, um, and I, I love to post just a great example. I love to post that Arvin Vora did, and I've you know I've had my criticisms of Arvin in the past, but he's been crushing it lately on, on COVID, and talking about uh, the AMA and talking uh, the American Medical Association, which essentially a, a union for doctors, which basically their job is to keep the amount of doctors low so doctors can get paid more money. Um, and by by doing so during a crisis like this, uh, he pointed out that you know you have a situation where you don't have enough hospital beds. Sure, you can fill up soccer fields, you can fill up you know whatever convention centers, you can put hospital beds anywhere. You can find hospital beds, you can you know roll ventilators in, and you can make it work. You know, maybe probably not ideal, not the best. You're probably gonna more people would die than normal because of the situation. But you can't just have gigantic hospitals with all this space sitting empty, extra capacity waiting for something like this. The problem is you don't have enough doctors. And that's the fault of the AMA. That's uh, that's licensing, licensing at its highest level. And that's that's a huge problem. And that's what libertarians should be pointing out. But instead, instead, I see libertarians out there on social media saying, oh, this is just a this is just a cold. You know, people just get a little cough. And you know, I've had libertarians actually comment to me on social media that it's the reason the hospitals are overcrowded is because Guys in their 30s and 40s, you know, they got they have the man flu, and uh, you know they just they just want to go to the hospital, and uh, they just want to go there because they want you know some they want because they feel bad for themselves, and uh, they're just taking up the rooms. The hospitals just letting them stay there because you know hospitals will let them stay, which is just insane. Have you ever been to a hospital? As soon as you walk into a hospital, they try to push you out the door as quickly as you can. You have a baby, they take the baby and they're trying to literally shove you out the door with the baby as quickly as possible. Hospitals do not want you in there. I mean, they, they charge you enough as it is. They don't need you there that long. Um, if they, In fact, if they keep you too long, they'll bankrupt you. You'll never come back. So it's it's been unfortunate to, to see the way that the libertarians have reacted to this. Um, I wish more libertarians would focus around things like the AMA, would focus around the CDC, the FDA. Uh, the CDC was instrumental in causing uh, this uh, epidemic in this country because I don't know if people are familiar with the story. Back in early, uh, what was that, February, when things first started, uh, cases started popping up in Washington State, and there was a local lab in, uh, in Washington State where the scientist there was like, hey, CDC, I have a test here. We can test people. We can make this happen. We can get this under control. We can you know, get people to self-quarantine. And uh, CDC said, no, you can't do it. We actually are working on a test right now, and we're going to have this. It's going to be great, and we'll give it to you. And tick-tock, tick-tock, time went by, spread, spread, spread. Finally, um, the, uh, the woman uh, scientist who... Uh, helped to create this test, said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyway, and just did it anyway, broke the law, and uh, 
was able to contain. They, they found a, uh, an adolescent in a local high school that was COVID positive. They were able to you know, clear out the high school, prevent spread that way. And that early action, stuff like that, is one of the reasons why Washington State is not as bad as other parts of the country, New York City, New Jersey, uh, Detroit. So it's, it's just insane. The FDA, and then when the FDA did come out with the, the, uh, the test, it was flawed. It didn't work properly. And they've repeatedly, you've seen, you know, I just, like every couple of days, I'll see another test coming out. So faster, faster test time. FDA approves this test. Well, guess what? They shouldn't have to approve it. Just be out there. Doctors should be able to use it and test it, see if it works. You can test, test, send them to me. I'll start testing myself. I'm COVID positive. I'll be the guinea pig. I don't care. Um, God, I feel like I've been talking for like two hours, but it's only been like 50 minutes. Uh, anyway, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I don't know if I can do any more. I don't know if I have any more to talk about. Uh, I, I, I don't know, guys. Um, if you enjoy this episode, or if you don't, I don't know. Either way, you should join the Lions of Liberty Pride because you know what? It is the most bang for your buck out of any libertarian or political, uh, you know, patron group out there. We give you. I would argue we give more bonus content than anyone else out there. Definitely in the liberty movement, but maybe any political uh, podcast. I don't know. Somebody go uh, fact check me on that. So, you know, I mean, you hear shows like Conspiracy Corner. We've uh, left, uh, put a couple of those out there in the feed recently to give you guys a taste. Uh, they've done a few, uh, the guys have done a few on coronavirus. Uh, we have Degenerate Gamblers, great show, entertaining show that I do with uh, Brian and Rico, where a lot of times, you know, d- Degenerate Gamblers, you're thinking, you know, they're talking about sports a lot. A lot of times we don't talk about sports at all. We're talking about other stuff. We're um, just talking nonsense, telling stories from the past, just having a good time. Um, if it is during the uh, the sports season, during the football or the basketball or whatever, which right now none of that's going on, um, then we'll talk about that. But you know, we did a show last week where what did we talk about? Uh, virtual horse racing? No, people people betting on uh, simu- simulated uh, Madden games, just uh, ridiculous. People betting on the weather. We've talked about it's all kinds of good stuff, and uh, I always encourage people to find interesting ways to bet. And if you want to watch us play beer pong, you can bet on that too this Saturday. Join the Pride. That being said, guys, you can join the Pride by going to Lions of Liberty, or I almost pulled a Brian McWilliams. You can join the Pride by going to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. And be sure to check out our show every Monday, hosted by Mark Claire, where Mark interviews leaders in the Liberty Movement every Wednesday. Electric Liberty Land, hosted by Brian McWilliams, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. Every Friday, this show right here, Felony Friday, where I shine a light on the broken criminal justice system. I'm going to be getting back into the felon interviews. If you or someone you know is a felon who has a story, who's overcome injustice, who's found success after prison, please send me an email, felonyfriday at lionsofliberty.com. Reach out to me on Twitter at John Odermatt, Instagram at John Odermatt, Facebook, um, I think it's uh, Facebook.com slash John A. Odermatt. I think that's my Facebook page. Or you can just send a message to the Lions of Liberty Facebook page. If you're looking for a good place to hang out, um, have uh, good discussions, find the uh, the best libertarian news out there it's, and, and talk about it, you should join the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. You can join that by going to Facebook, punch in Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar at the top. As long as you look like a real person and are not a crazy person, you will get uh, accepted in 
And uh, just there's one question we ask, just answer the question, you'll be in right away. That's all I have, guys. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>